does everybody know what time it is? Time to figure out how to make bread pudding. What? What is bread pudding? We'll find out today on Grunt Work. soul on fire feeling hot 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 alan heidi all around me feeling hot 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 what to do on a night like this milk is whole i can't thesist we need a party podcast a fun jamaican jam but instead all we've got is grunt work the only podcast about the tv series home improvement that always remembers to call its mother after she has major surgery I'm your host, Truman, the they-come-by-the-bar-and-put-bread-pudding-in-my-jar man caps, and with me as always is my co-host, Landon, the Flash Solano. And Landon, (laughs) it's good to see you tonight. It's good to see you as well here tonight on Grunt Work. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, we introduced we introduced the podcast. That oh yeah, got, okay. that got covered. That got covered up front. I, are I you, am, are... I am knee deep in bread pudding right now. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, it's so is bread pudding a new concept to you? Were you not familiar with bread pudding before this? I've never. Okay, so just as a side note, I this comes out in almost every friendship at some point. I <laughs> was very culinarily sheltered growing up. Your mom uh, worked for a pizza company. You you ate a breakfast pizza, the I most did, forbidden delight. Uh, but that that's the extent of it. Like that's as exotic as it got. I didn't have a pancake until I was twenty four years old because <laughs> my mom only or my dad only liked French toast, and my okay. mom liked Eggo waffles. So like, if they didn't like something, it wasn't in the house, and so I just wasn't exposed to a lot. But you were uh, never you never walked into an IHOP. You you were you were never like, no, "Mom, what what's they, this international house dedicated to? Can we go in and, and we see? never I mean, we never went to a restaurant where they My mom my mom has very limited taste. She basically eats three things. A tuna fish sandwich, Oof. uh <laughs> fish and chips at a restaurant or a Oof. cheese quesadilla. Well, that that seafood is very well represented in in your mom's culinary milieu. I have to say, um, uh, it's not though. Uh, that that's I don't know, misrepresentative. Uh, but you can you can get. I think you can get all of those items at an IHOP. I'm not I'm not here shilling for IHOP. I'm just saying their menu is half pancakes and half everything else in the world. There also wasn't a lot of IHOPs around us, uh, if oh. any, uh, growing up. I mean, we also stayed I'm in so a bubble, sorry. so mm. like. It was the same restaurants over and over and over again, which was mostly just this pizza place or that pizza place. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this all comes back around to I just was not exposed to a lot of foods growing up. Uh, Even if I was exposed to the concept of them, I might not have had them. But anything that like bread pudding just would not have entered my stratosphere at all. Or your mouth, for that matter. Or my I, mouth, for that matter. I need to know, though, what that first pancake was like. Like, did you, were you familiar with the concept of pancakes? Or did yeah, you just walk into a place, see it on the menu, and say, oh, why the hell not? Let me try this thing. <laughs> I've, I've seen a cartoon. Uh, I know what a buttery stack of pancakes. I've seen the Dan in Real Life poster. I know <laughs> what pancakes look like. <laughs> 
But did you put your did you put your head on them because you thought that was what one does I, with I pancakes? I thought you could listen, you could hear the ocean if you put it up to your ear. <laughs> but all I could hear was syrup, and that doesn't sound like anything. Um, but, okay, so then were you like? Because I feel like twenty four is a little mm-hmm. too old to really get the maximum joy out of pancakes. Like it's a thing you, oh, as a child when you can just I, like I don't know when when you're like nine years old you can eat. A, a stack of fried dough and be like, hell yeah, yeah, this is great. When you're even in your 20s, when a lot more food things are possible than in your 30s, as I have found, pancakes are a, a they're a, they're a heavy order in more ways than one. Uh, yeah, there's uh, to this day in my 40s, they're still one of my favorite uh, weekend breakfast uh, things that I'll make. So oh. I, I still thoroughly enjoy them. Um, I don't I don't do syrup anymore. Uh, sure, I do, sure. You know, <laughs> the healthier option uh he said uh ironically uh with like fresh berries and stuff but um that is a, yeah, that is right. a healthier option it's fresh it's, berries it's is way well, better than liquid syrup it. it's like yeah, i'm gonna drive this car off the cliff but i'm gonna aim for the tree um, yeah, I, I, I mean, you, you got to treat yourself. I mean, I'm, and honestly, you're aiming for a pretty big, pretty fluffy tree as opposed to the sharp, pointy rocks of syrup, which is just a <laughs> jar full of sugar that yeah. came from inside a tree. Yes. Uh, where was I going with this? Anyway, bread pudding. Um, Never okay, have you had bread pudding before? I, yes, I, I have, and I guess part of why I react with such incredulity was because I had it at an Applebee's, so I kind of, like, oh I didn't God. think it was, it's not like, it's not like Ortolans or something very exotic and rare to me, it's like, yeah, you can get it at a... <laughs> but why would you, you order bread pudding at an Applebee's? I mean, like, you have the choice of, like, bread pudding or, like, Oreo Volcano Madness, and you go with I... bread pudding. <laughs> I mean, are you the Ebenezer Scrooge of that group? <laughs> I, I now, well well now two things first uh, first it was someone else in the group who ordered the bread pudding and I simply tried it secondly okay. I've watched a man die of Oreo volcano madness and I do not want to invite that into my own life <laughs> I uh, mean it is the reason I hit my my peak weight uh, getting Oreo madness at TGI Fridays but. I I mean, look, there's there's a lot of dangerous menu items that you can order at some of these uh, some of these places, and I guess what I yep. take away from this is that TGI Fridays did not have bread pudding on the menu. I look, <laughs> I wouldn't I'll have ordered this. it if I if if they did because I I wouldn't have known what it was. I look when I saw when when my friend ordered it. By the way, this is a story from when I was in high school, so I guess it did take me a while to learn about bread pudding. When they when they ordered it, I thought, well, this is insane. Bread in a pudding is such a thing possible? And then I tried it, and I was like. Yeah, that's that's okay. I mean, I've never really felt the need to order bread pudding again. Like it's it you're not missing much is what I'm trying is to it, say, Landon. Okay, is it is it more of a cake? IE is it no. more of the the bread part or is it more like you're dipping a bread into a pudding? Like is, I don't, is I don't it a sweet quite, fondue? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't quite quite don't understand the the concept of it. She's eating it, it with a spoon in this episode. Yeah, it's it's so. A, it's a, do you, do you get like part of the bread and part of the cream, and then you put both in your mouth? Like, what's what, uh, yeah, what's I mean, the procedure with the bread pudding? I mean, I I'd say it's a it's sort of a chunky, viscous, sweet uh, goop. It's got big chunks of bread in it, but you're not dipping the bread. The bread is already in it, and it's in like it's a pre-dipped. bowl. So it, it's oh, it's pre-dipped, baby. It's to, it's totally okay. dipped. Do you uh, put the pudding on top of the bread? Or is it mixed together? 
there is zero labor on your part outside of just putting the spoon into the pudding <laughs> a, and then to your mouth. You don't need to stir it. You don't need to dip it. I, like, they do that in the kitchen. I'm reminded of one of these, like, 90s uh, food items packaged at kids when I was growing up where it was, like, French toast dippers. And mm, I they'd remember be like Your dad must fish, love them. <laughs> fish stick, you know, uh, size French toast sticks. But there would just mm. be, like, a big vat of ice cream or icing oh, yeah. that you would yeah. dip it in. I mean, is that basically what we're – it was just like, I'm going to serve this to you, but I'm going to pre-put all the French toast sticks in the icing for you, and then you're going to eat it with a spoon. I, I mean, I, I guess sort of like that. I would, I'm would. i pretty sure bread pudding predates the French toast uh, dippers uh, <laughs> concept. I think that probably more likely was someone looked at bread pudding and said, let's let's deconstruct that I, I, and I serve get that. it to kids. I, I'm trying to find a proxy that I understand as a, a sheltered kid. I mean, and and as as one sheltered kid speaking to another sheltered kid, I don't think the concept of bread pudding is that extreme. Like, I think you've got a pretty good handle on it. It's pudding okay. with chunks of bread in it, basically. It's not great. It's not, like, amazing. I don't know why. Huh. Also, I also <laughs> love that this is an episode about where Jill comes back from death's door and has to grapple with issues of womanhood and femininity in a really dramatic and impactful way. And we've spent 10 minutes talking about what (laughs) bread pudding is a relatively minor aspect of the episode. (laughs) Well, well, yeah, I, I mean, maybe I'm front loading this with some levity because, uh, boy, oh boy, this episode broke me, but I don't want to, I don't want to get to my personal reflections too early. Okay, okay. Uh, All right, let's talk more about desserts that we don't fully get. Uh, Creme (laughs) brulee, uh, not always a fan. I don't think breaking the sugar shell with a spoon is as fun as the French make it out to be. Well, you grew up in in Portland, or you grew up in Oregon, so did you? you didn't have the delight of cracking ice with your feet at the bus stop. That's true, I did not. Um, so it, it's it. I think it it harkens back to a childhood memory of of that satisfying nature. It's like an ASMR thing. But wouldn't it be because I didn't have that fun of cracking ice at the bus stop with my feet? Don't you think it would be even more exciting for me to crack the the shell of a creme brulee? I mean, it's like no, you're not eating a pancake until you're 24. Like I didn't have any prior experience. So you you don't have the the link back to your your childhood to tap into that nostalgia. You know, like mm, I would assume mm. it's also probably not super appealing to you to go peruse a toy aisle full of, you know, 1980s G.I. Joe figures and opening it up and, and putting all the accessories together. You know, you're you're right. That is that is very true. I mean, also, I was I, I ate most of the creme brulees that I am going to eat in my life as a child. I regret to inform you. My mom got a, a little like a. <laughs> flame torch so she could make her own uh, around the house so that was really my peak creme brulee times so maybe it was just i'd be breaking the shell and it'd be like this doesn't transport me back to anything because i'm already a child like maybe if i maybe if i break the ice at a bus stop now as an adult it'll transport me back to eating creme brulees yeah maybe and then yes and then i'll have to, to move to a cold climate so i can break ice at bus stops all the time <laughs> <laughs> but the, but the creme brulee wasn't a happy memory. Uh, anyway, we're talking about weird. We're talking about desserts now. Here on Grunt we're talking Work, about desserts. that's th- we got we got we got nine episodes left of the TV series Home Improvement, and we're really just uh, augering into a more dessert focused podcast. I, that's what okay, the world right. cries out for. I we did get a, a brief, and you know we don't have to go deep into this, but we did get a brief uh, uh, request to go into 
uh, home improvement corner um, for oh. the stuff I'm doing around the house. Okay, um, okay. Well, yeah, tell me about that. Well, okay. Uh, I am... So, my I have a detached garage. And mm. so, out my kitchen door, out the back of my condo, there's a little landing and, like, three steps that go down to a sidewalk and then, you know, about seven steps till you get the garage it's real small <laughs> you, but you've you've measured you've measured this out pace by pace <laughs> well so you can do it with your eyes closed. as a homeowner you get used to measuring literally every nook and cranny of your place oh. um my hoa so like it's 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 fine it you know it's it's uh you know not at risk of falling straight through it but it does need to be uh at least the surface boards need to be replaced mm-hmm. and Recently, my HOA sent an email out saying, hey, just a reminder, this is all the, you know, these things are the owner's responsibility. And I guess after being scared straight uh, from a John Oliver episode recently about HOAs, I'm like, oh, shit, okay, this is going to be the notice, even though it's not a notice. And then they're going to start finding me and then interesting the fine is and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, I got to take mm-hmm. care of this thing sooner than later. And um, uh, so I'm going to be getting into uh, deck stuff. which is you know about pressure treated wood and uh structural screws (laughs) and measuring and and cutting planks of wood with with or without tread and um yeah so 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 how how much i mean how much deck are we looking at here like how not much i mean yeah so i've got i've got there's a small landing right outside the kitchen door that's about um I have seven planks that are about four and a half feet wide uh, and five and a half feet deep. So not I mean, I'm not good at math, but I would imagine square footage. You're looking at maybe, I don't know, four square feet. Not much at all. And then three, three steps going down. So three, four and a half foot steps um, going down to the sidewalk. So it's like the perfect project to get into this sort of carpentry. Are you are you, are you planning to do like? But is it going to be like modular? You're going to build a little bit out, and then as you get more comfortable with it, your deck is just going to grow and grow a few planks out. <laughs> well, that's at a time. This is part of the. This is more of an uh, an HOA thing uh, complaint than it is a, a home improvement thing. But uh, you can't, uh, at least not here. I have to adhere to the the look of all of the other decks uh, for the other condos. And Fucking uh, conformity, man. I know, and I emailed them, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy myself some time to let them know I'm working on it, and I emailed them, and I'm like, so what? do you have a document that outlines exactly wood type, stain color, uh, you know, Pantone paint color that I need uh, in order to do this? (laughs) And they emailed me back, and like, no, just, you know, make sure it looks like all the other ones, and I'm like, okay. Great. I did my measuring, and I brought the measurements to to Menards to get the wood. And they're like, uh, they don't make wood in uh, this this thickness. <laughs> okay, I'm like, all right. Why do why do I have wood that is not being manufactured? Uh, it's just it, like every little thing that's that's. So I so my question, this is how mind numbing homeowning can be sometimes, especially with an HOA. Yeah. I have to make the decision as to whether or not. Someone from the HOA is going to come by with a measuring tape and go, these surface planks aren't exactly one inch thick. They are one in 532, you know, uh, two, 
30 second 30 second i don't know yeah uh yeah but, of, i mean don't ask inch. me for math stuff but that sounds right yeah and so like i have to make that that call whether or not that extra little tiny bit above an inch is gonna be you know a, a pain in the ass to them or not i don't know i'm gonna I, just venture on i don't give a shit <laughs> you know uh and if i get fined i get fined i i'm i'm mostly interested in how your house and its existing little bit of deck was built with the forbidden wood that you cannot get at Menards. <laughs> like, like, wh- where did yeah. they get it? How, where did this come? I from? don't know. Did HP Lovecraft? I mean, it was build twenty twenty years ago for one thing. My guess is they mm. were probably salvaging <laughs> it from somewhere else. If I look at some of the other stuff around here, I'm like, oh yeah, you cut corners here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was probably it was a just after nine eleven. Just... You know, we. America needed to heal. We needed new 2004. decks. 2004. No, okay. Anyway. You're right. I mean, I, yeah. So we were just about to go to war in Iraq, or we were at war in Iraq, and people were just cutting <laughs> board. You know, they bought it from Halliburton or something, and it was it was cut at that width. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not, I shouldn't be giving you this advice because I know nothing about homeowning or carpentry, and also it's not my ass on the line if the HOA doesn't like it. But my general experience is that nobody is really on top of their shit enough to be coming down and measuring things down to the micron. Like I don't, I don't yeah. feel like your HOA is going to be such a bunch of sticklers that they'll be, uh, they'll be out there with a laser level and saying like, ah, 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 you didn't use the magic wood. <laughs> God. Oh my God! All right, well that's that's home improvement corner for this week. More updates as I continue to start so, sawing and measuring and and screwing. It, it's kind of a hello. It's kind of a it's kind of a preview home improvement corner. It's it's like it's a it's a little it's a trailer it's, for the yeah. home improvement that's going to come down the line. Yeah, do you think you're going to? It's it's the first part of the show where I say this week on on Tool Time we're talking about decking. And, you know, mm. the actual project will come after the first commercial break. And, and the first major injury. Uh, well, okay, well, I hope that you're able to finish it within the next nine episodes of Home Improvement. This can be kind of your version of the hot rod, where we'll get closer and closer to you finishing the deck. Yes, I, I, I've i already slated my time off, uh, taking my birthday week off of work, and I'm going to... Uh, I've got nine full days to do this thing, so uh, I'm oh building in time for... The inevitable thing that I don't expect to, you know, not work. Uh, I'm building in time to to take care of that. I I've never felt more grown up than just the awareness that I have a friend who's taking time off work to build a deck over his birthday <laughs> week. Like that's the <laughs> that that is that is grown up shit right there. Like I know adults. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm going to intersperse it with, you know, episodes of Ultraman and, you know, okay. eating pizza rolls, maybe. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, yeah, okay. That And that, that augurs it back down uh, a little bit, although pizza <laughs> rolls are, are timeless. So I'll, I'll tell you that. You know, you could probably yeah, do also, a... I don't eat a, pizza, so a, I won't eat pizza rolls, but I was just thinking... Oh, of, I see that. Oh, yeah, some, that's something like... Might, yeah, some yeah. sort of popper type of food that I could put in my air fryer. Plant-based chicken nuggets. <laughs> Ooh, okay, okay. Do, are those still dino nuggets, or is, or is yeah, them even being shaped well, like a living thing? If they don't, too? I'm going to cut them like it. <laughs> uh, well, great. That's And listen, I want updates on that process, too. Uh, nugget improvement corner. Um, okay, well, we've talked about improving your home, and we've talked about improving yep. your nugs. Um, yep. can, can we talk about what happened this week on home improvement? Can oh, we improve can the, we the content of this podcast? <clears throat> yeah, we can. Uh, all right, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. This week, Jill is recouping from her hysterectomy 
back at mm-hmm. home with Tim. Her mm-hmm. mom is there too. Jill's yep. master thesis is due. She is Oof. overwhelmed. Oh, this rhymes. Wow. Angry and afraid, not knowing mm-hmm. how to process all that has happened. Yeah. Wow. German, do you want to guess that title? Yes, I do want to guess that title. I have three options. First option, menopause are pigs. Wait a minute. Are you using the same titles from last week? No, no. Menopause are pigs is a different one. And I should be be reusing titles from last week because Get Over It would be a much better title for this week than last week. But that's fine. You know what? That's in the past. Okay, okay. Menopause uh, with pigs, I like it. It, it just it's yeah. it's such a good title that I feel like it's had to have been used before, and I just assumed it was last week. Uh, yeah, you know, I've definitely used some some version of the R pigs construction within the last five episodes, but I've already forgotten when I did. Next okay. option, heat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. got a got a great. Big ass and your head all up in it. Uh, and the last option, Love's Labor's Lost Part 2. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I excel uh, at the dunkers. The easy ones are my bread and butter. <laughs> uh, yes, Love's Labor's Lost Part 2. This is... Okay, so... Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go into the details in just a second. This is the not the first time that we've had a part two title, but it is mm. the first time we've had a previously on uh, opening up the episode. Yes. Yes. Because the last part. Do you, okay. Here's a little trivia question for you. Do you remember the last part two episode that we had and title that we had? Well, that. Well, I mean, I don't remember the specific title. I do remember it was the clip show episode where there okay, were just yes, so yes, many yes. clips, so <laughs> many fun, fond memories. <laughs> tool time after dark. We needed a full hour. Yes, tool time after dark. Tool time nights. Tool time nights. This episode is called Love's Labor Lost. It was originally broadcast March 2nd, 1999, directed by Peter Bonners Oof. and written by Elliot Shoneman and Marley Sims. Truman, how did you feel about part two? Uh, I felt a great sense of relief, even though I already knew that Jill was going to survive. Uh, just mm-hmm. seeing her being being out of surgery was a relief. Uh, yes. And I honestly, I felt, uh, I felt like this episode was a massive improvement over the previous episode, simply because... <laughs> yes. It, it it does not turn entirely on Tim's boorishness and immaturity. It's one that actually kind of stays on Jill and her experiences yeah. and her perceptions as she deals with some really tough stuff in her life. And I gives Patricia Richardson a lot of space to act oh, yeah. and kind of explore this big development. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. What did... What did you think of this episode? I, I mean, I completely agree with your assessment. Last week and this week are kind of like his and her towels uh, for <laughs> the hysterectomy what, topic. One of them a little more mildewy than the other, I'd say. <laughs> uh, yeah, this episode, good God. I mean, it's, I think, it's just indicative of what we say time and time again about seeing these things through the specific character's perspective of who it's affecting the most uh how good it can be um mm-hmm. 
Now, I'm yeah. not saying every joke landed and, you know, but the, the balance of joke to drama felt perfectly calibrated. Um, being able to give the performers the space and the audience the trust to go, we can we can get a little more heavy, a little more dramatic with it, uh, and it'll pay off. I think this is a great example of that working in action. Um, yeah. Patricia Richardson just gutted me. The the Oof. oh god when Oof. she has the the kind of moment where it all hits her, wow! Mm-hmm. I yeah. just I cried. I'm not gonna lie, I cried. Um, and here, yeah, the here here's here, okay. The last thing I'll I'll kind of say before we go into the deep dive for my part is, I think this episode towed an interesting line in that. It dealt with a topic that I don't think a lot of TV shows deal with. Um, mm-hmm. True. And I, I have questions about how they turn it into humor, but it it made me as a viewer who ha- you know doesn't have any reason to touch on hysterectomies in his life um, mm-hmm. have some questions and want to know more. And I think that yeah. was kind of an interesting... Uh, takeaway from it that I I wasn't expecting just to go oh well how 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 does this process work uh, you know how how can it work with some people because I have to imagine it's different for everyone but um you know what can this lead to what what is this experience like for people uh anyway I have some more thoughts on that but I want to save them for the deep dive. I, no, I, I would I would just say I agree with you. I my mom had a hysterectomy when I was a kid, and it was a thing where I mean I was I was a lot younger than the boys in this episode. I mean I was like probably seven or eight years old, and for me it was just like they explained what was happening, and you know oh she's going in for surgery, and she's but I, like watching this episode in particular just really made me think like man I should like ask my mom how that experience was for her because I just wasn't. As a big dumb man, I I wasn't really cognizant of the ways that these sorts of things can affect you mm-hmm. psychologically mm-hmm. going through it and your perception of yourself and your vitality and your youth. And yeah. I, I mean, home improvement really kind of opened my eyes to a, a new a new uh, perspective on the human experience. Uh, so, uh, you know, not what I would have expected after the first part of this episode last week. Yeah, absolutely. It, it does. And it kind of, I don't know, in a way makes... I know we're all like here for fun and games and and laugh em ups, but you know when I see an episode like this dealing with the same topic almost as the previous episode and the different approaches to it, it's just like makes that previous <laughs> attempt that much more galling. Where it's just like yes. men are dumb, and until it's like drastically dramatic in their face, they're just going to be dummies and not want to talk about things, mm-hmm. and. uh the fact that we can talk about things and it can still be as affecting and funny, I don't know, just is kind of annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, that's the nineties for you. And, and also that's the present. (laughs) Well, okay. So do you want to, uh, do you want to just jump into this thing? Yeah. Let's open our windows to cool our whole milk. Our 2% reduced fat milk, low fat milk, skim milk, organic milk, 
lactose-free milk, raw milk, buttermilk, condensed milk, cashew milk, oat milk, toned milk, goat milk, rice milk, hemp milk, coconut milk, soy milk, almond milk, buffalo milk, evaporated milk, and of course, old-fashioned miak. So we have uh, exactly what we need when we dive into the deep dive. <laughs> Wait, can we also cool down uh, our, our acclaimed Gus Van Sant movie, Milk? <laughs> Damn it! I forgot that one. You got you got to keep that in a in a uh, cool, dry place, uh, <laughs> because it is quite old. Uh, so we start out with uh, uh, the, the, our first ever previously on Home Improvement, which is set up through the grunt creep sitting in a rocking chair watching a recap on an old timey TV. Um, <laughs> and everything about this just felt almost gothic to me because I'm just like, wait, wait, wait just. Jill, Jill is almost dying. You've got the fucking grunt creep just sitting here on a on a rocking chair. Don't don't try to make me laugh. Home improvement. Um, <laughs> I might be a little too closely attached to Jill. The parasocial relationship might be uh, too tight at this point. I don't know. That's something to bring okay. up later. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do we need to cover the recap? I mean, people could just go back and listen to last week's episode if they're really curious about what happened. Uh, I'll just say this about the recap that. Um... You know, they recap mostly only the story points and, and one of Tim jokes, Tim's mm-hmm. jokes. Yes. Uh, so I found that kind of funny just to show how little meat there is in an actual episode. I bet you could do one of these recap previously ons for every sitcom episode and it would be eh, five seconds long, 10 seconds yeah. long. Yeah, really, really rubbing it in our faces when we take about two hours to discuss the full contents of a home improvement episode <laughs> that you can accurately summarize it in four seconds. We are getting started at minute 30. We had to talk about bread pudding, Landon. It's very important stuff. Uh, so we we go from the, from the recap back to uh, Tim in the waiting room where uh, there is an old lady who is a volunteer receptionist there and uh, she is, uh, you know, trying to, trying to console Tim about how long it's taking in surgery, but uh, not doing a very good job about it. And uh, then eventually the surgeon comes out after surgery is finished and tells Tim that Jill is okay. But he had to remove her ovaries because it turns out that there were a bunch of benign cysts on her ovaries as well. And uh, Jill is still coming out of anesthesia and doesn't know this yet. So the doctor says that he and uh, Tim will go and tell her together. So, big news. Okay, right out the gate, here's my thought. Uh, yeah. They they changed the deliver- joke delivery system from Tim to another character. Yes, yes. Which... Seems like a wise choice in this in this yes. case. A hundred percent. Yes. Even I, even if the delivery system's a little <laughs> rickety uh, and and old, not to intentionally well, do a pun there, but yeah, because it's an old lady. the The system still delivers a pretty good and remarkably dark joke where Tim is fretting about how long it's taking in surgery. And she says, well, when my husband went in for surgery, they said it would only take three hours, but it took 15. And Tim goes, what took so long? And she goes, well, that included the autopsy. And it's just like, damn home improvement. We yeah, don't know right. if she's okay yet. This is wild. <laughs> well, I, I have to imagine uh, people would have known Jill was fine at this point because all of the, yes. you know, this week on Home Improvement, you know, 10-second spots that are airing throughout the week. Mm, yeah, they weren't they weren't just promoting this episode on scenes of Tim with the old lady and, and jokes about uh, her husband <laughs> exactly. unexpectedly dying. Yeah, I guess they just exactly. get butts in seats, yeah. 
to to this character's credit, she her character name is Volunteer, so she mm-hmm. doesn't actually work there. Uh, maybe that that excuses a little bit of her bedside manner. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I look. We should just celebrate her for donating her time to help out at yes. a hospital and do good work. So we can't get too Agreed. picky about her uh, uh, her her customer service. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't really have much to say about the scene, um, except to kind of call back, I guess, the conversation you and I had about uh, predicting where this episode was going to go. What was yep. your thought so far? Uh, my thought so far was, God damn it, I was wrong. Because I just thought, that, yeah, as we remember, I thought the whole episode was going to be just Tim in the waiting room fretting about oh, Jill yeah. and more people coming and showing up and fretting with Tim. And no, 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 no. But uh, this wound up being a lot better than what I had predicted. So I guess I'm, for once, I'm happy to have completely whiffed it. Yeah, that, you know, put a pin in that right out the gate so that you can just enjoy the episode. That's true. Well, but it seems to me that it it hewed pretty closely to what you were predicting, which was uh, focusing on Jill's uh, bumpy recovery. Yeah, minus minus one thing and plus another thing. Um, but I let's let's go into that uh, in the next scene. I don't really have anything else for the this opener. Well, then let's then let's move along. That'll you know leave us more time to discuss any uh, lingering bread pudding questions at the end. <laughs> okay. uh, so I'm surprised. Uh, I'm looking at the. The opening theme song, and I'm just surprised that they didn't spell home improvement out in bread pudding. I, I mean, yeah, they could have changed it for this one episode. Uh, you know, Tim <laughs> Tim gets Tim gets trapped in in the box prison, but then instead of uh, turning into a f- uh, flower in a pot, he turns into you know bread pudding in a bowl. Big chunks of Tim floating <laughs> in there. Um, so oh, Tim, boy. we go we go back from the opening credits to Tim in the recovery room where he's calling the boys, telling them, "Hey, you know, ca- call your mom and tell her uh, that you you miss her and you're worried about her and that you can't wait to see her, and then delete this message so she doesn't know I reminded you." And uh, then Jill is wheeled into recovery and she's kind of coming off of anesthesia and she <clears> starts uh, asking questions about, you know, well, what what happened? Did he, you know, did, did the surgery go okay? Did he take my ovaries or not? And the doctor who's supposed to be there with him to help out is off delivering a baby. So Tim has to tell her alone or, well, <laughs> Tim, Tim doesn't want to tell her and Jill quickly surmises from uh, Tim's expression that yeah. her ovaries are gone too. And uh, Jill is very upset that she's going to start menopause in her early 40s. At 42. Yep, 42. So is this also is kind of our, is this our first reveal of Jill's age? Um, I don't know specifically. We had some of their ages early on, and I was shocked that I was older than Al at one point. Oh, yes, um, I remember that. I do, I mean... Age doesn't matter anything at all, but you know it, it does. There's, I, I'm not gonna lie. I took like half a second comfort going, "Oh, phew, Jill is still older than me." <laughs> like I, I haven't yeah. fully assumed the role of the parents when I still feel like the role of the teenagers to a large degree. Yeah, yeah. Look, this is the this year I turned the same age as Norm in the uh, third season of Cheers, and uh, I'm not excited about that i'm not happy about it at all so uh, the the age that you are versus the age of a character on a sitcom is not uh, it's not fun okay um uh same exact hospital room where tim was in when uh he 
What what was the accident? Um, when he he, he he needed to break his record. Oh, he threw yeah, his back he, out, wasn't it? He he threw his back out. He was supposed to recover, but because he had to break his record of tool hostings against Bob Vila, uh, yeah, he went out and did it, and then fucked up his back so badly he couldn't take uh, right. Mark to the air show. Yeah, I, I thought this room looked familiar. Yeah, it's the exact same one. Um, this okay. What are your what are your initial thoughts with this? The the situation that they've set up here for Tim is. It's like it, it's it's great. Um, it, it's a, a it's great because it is both a situation where looking at it, I'm like, oh my god, that has got to be that's a brutal thing to know and to have to tell your yeah. wife that that you know a part of her is missing that she adamantly did not want to have removed, and that Tim is put in the position to have to to explain that to her without the doctor there because the doctor is like that that is a i mean that both has lots of dramatic weight to it and also on some level has kind of a curb your enthusiasm uh level of right. oh oh you are fucked to it um so and i also i what i like about it is that we don't have to see Tim trying to explain it to her just Tim's inability to answer the question Jill yeah. is smart enough to piece that together um, it was a, a really great piece of writing there because yes, yes, and the he does get one joke out, which I think because the dynamic between the two of them is like the second that he starts to him and Haw, she she can pick up on it and like immediately she's playing the drama side of this, and yes. Tim is is you know able to kind of oscillate between drama and making jokes. So by the time that he makes a joke, it's not at anyone's expense. It's maybe one of the first times that he fucks up something in terms of understanding it uh, or relaying it that I thought was actually pretty funny. Because when she, she, you know, she hears, "Oh God, they took my ovaries," she's like covering her, you know, eyes with her hands, and like you can see her mouth is starting to tremble. And Tim says, "Like, well, he, you know, he said you had twisted sisters." And I, I don't know why it it really that joke really made me laugh, uh, because well, I think it, it the moment allowed for it because you it wasn't at the expense of seeing her experience. It was yes. Tim literally just floating adrift, not knowing how to anchor himself to anything. And that's why I really like Tim a lot in this episode. And this is again, I've talked about this so many times, but when Tim is confused and kind of anxious and really trying to help and be supportive, but is also beyond his capacity and is just kind of stumbling through things and making a fool of himself with good intentions. I, I find that very endearing. I really like that. And also you see the, the doctor has told him in the previous scene that she had benign cysts twisted around her ovaries. And, and so when he says you have, you had twisted sisters, (laughs) This is one of the only times that Tim mangles uh, something that someone else has told him where I don't see it coming a mile away. So it hit me. It was <laughs> yes. a real surprise to me to hear it. And I, yeah, I found myself laughing. Like, th- this is this is threading a needle that the last episode was not able to thread of you simultaneously yes. feeling gutted for Jill and then laughing because Tim has done something genuinely funny. Well, and that, that's the thing is, like, in season eight, I think why the last episode was so frustrating is, like, this episode trusts us to feel both things simultaneously. Uh, yes, you know, the, the drama and the impact of what's happening, you know, through Jill's experience, and and 
being able to to laugh at the same time, which is closer to life too. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the funny the funny things can come right on the heels of the tragic things. Um, yeah. For for instance, see any Coen Brothers movie. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm yeah. Do you ha- do you have more for this scene? Do you want to do you want to uh, continue well, moving forward into recovery? Uh, just just that um, you know, the second that you know her emotions start heart start showing. You know, Tim. Tim is super quick to you know console and support and yes. and kind of hear her out. And I thought that was just, you know, he he's not trying to stop her from yes. feeling emotions. And I, I don't yes. know. I just thought that was interesting uh, and you know mature way to handle it. He's he's not trying to fix the problem. He's just yeah. being supportive and being in the moment with her, which almost. Has he learned? Has he learned something after all this don't, time? All those conversations with Wilson? Don't 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 make that mistake one more time in nine episodes. <laughs> nope, nope. I'm gonna get my hopes sky high. I'm sure the next episode <laughs> will keep him up there. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so we get a transition. Oh, we didn't talk about the first transition I, I, in our last ten episodes. I want to make sure we have no no stones yes. unturned. Um, of course. The uh, oh, I was gonna look this up. The 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 doctor's tool that looks inside of someone's ear. Um, oh yeah, do not know yeah, what that's that, called. That comes the into ear TV. A, the ear TV comes into screen and goes into uh, the volunteer <laughs> her her ear and just goes to the void where there's a, a single moth flying around. Um, oh wow, huge huge un- and kind of unfair roasting of that of that agreed. volunteer. <laughs> Yes, this one is just uh, a bunch of um, nurses and orderlies uh, rolling in some flowers and stuff, which takes us to the next scene a little bit later where uh, gifts, gift baskets and flowers and get well cards have all been arranged around her room. And and Tim is um, eating some jello. Yeah, yeah. And uh, trying to assess its flavor. Yeah. well, Jill asks Tim to uh, hand her her big chunky laptop so she can finish her thesis, which needs to be done ASAP. And uh, she's trying to get started on it, but then Al and Heidi arrive uh, to wish her well and visit her. And uh, they don't do a great job of that because uh, Al is just talking about how his mom had a hysterectomy and how she gained all this weight and got so irritable and was growing all kinds of weird facial hair. And meanwhile, Heidi is taking off her coat and is very beautiful and young and fertile. And we have Jill's voiceover in her head. You know she's, how fertile uh, she is. Well, Jill seems to think she's pretty damn fertile. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just All saying right, okay. what Jill told me. Jill would never okay. lie to me. I have too, too weirdly strong of a connection to Jill. I, for, um, I did forget for half a second. We hear the Jill's voice over here. Yeah. It's, we get for, I think this is the first time I believe that we, Maybe. that we ever yeah. hear Jill, Jill voiceover, but it's just her being, you know, kill me now, or like, you know, how she wants to throw Al out the window for all these tone deaf things he's saying, and how, yeah. you know, she's pissed off that that Heidi is flaunting her perfect boobs in her face, and and it's, yeah, it's the first kind of indicator that, oh yeah, this episode is going to be about what Jill's feeling, and how mm-hmm. recovery and dealing with this stuff is kind of messy, and that that's, you know, and that... And also that the people around her who are trying to help her aren't doing a great job of it, and they don't really seem to get it. And um, yeah, that's powerful. yeah. It introduces an interesting um, theme to this episode about how to show your support, and, and you know, we don't really see the the side of it where people 
are too afraid to to ask or, or too afraid to. This is like oversharing, right? Al is, in sure. your, you know, saying, oh, it, re- relating in a way that, you know, Jill isn't wanting to be related to. Uh, yeah. We don't see the other side of it where, you know, people are out of politeness, out of fear or whatever the case, go in the opposite direction where it almost is dismissive and, and doesn't acknowledge her experience. Um, yeah. But that said, this episode very much is like, about how I guess yeah the way you said it, it how messy processing it is and that you even as the person experiencing it it, it being anything that you you know heavy like this um you don't yourself always know how you <laughs> want what kind of reaction you want if you want one at all you know mm-hmm. yeah how yeah. how you want the people around you to to act or you know treat you or you know how you want to be treated yeah yeah, I, th- this was just, uh, yeah, I, this was one of those things, in, in the last episode, when Tim immediately starts being just visibly grossed out by Jill talking about her period, that was a signifier yeah. that, oh boy, this is gonna be bumpy. This one was a signifier yeah. that, oh, this one's gonna make me think. This one's uh, this one's going in a different place, and I, and I like that a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah, agreed. Um, I just want to call out one one quick joke that we already kind of touched on, but <laughs> I, was, I was just really, it's, it's rare that two Tim jokes get me in such a quick, you know, short amount of time. But when this episode or the scene starts, he's eating um, green jello out of a little cup and he goes, yeah, the line that opens the scene is, "Mm, this jello is either lime flavored or avocado (laughs) (laughs) because he's just kind of disgusted by it. Just the thought of avocado flavored jello. I don't know. Maybe chuckle. Where where do you, where do you come down on jello? Just, just, you know, Mm. Yeah, well, how do you feel about it? It's it is kind of a controversial food uh, for me, yeah, because of the animal portion of it. So I, yeah, I used to love Jello. It, it was actually one of the few things my mom. It was either <laughs> you know J E L L O Jello mix, mm-hmm. uh, usually cherry or strawberry, um, mm-hmm. or J E L L L pudding mix. We gave mm. Cosby maybe a little too much money in my youth. <laughs> I guess he doesn't own the you didn't Jello know. company. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, he got that money either way. I don't think that he got a percentage of their sales. Like you couldn't, you couldn't <laughs> control where that, that makes went. Me feel better. Yeah, that's that's great. The only the only ethical problem is the horse hooves they used to make it, not the horrible man who they hired to pitch the horse hooves. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I I don't know. I I I try. It's the same thing with like gummy you know, candy where I'm like, mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I try not to, but if it's presented in front of me or, you know, or if it has some fun chemicals it. in it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little tricky. Mm-hmm. How yeah. about you? Jello? I, I, are you gel? Yes. Or gel? No. I've, I've been, I've been gel. No, since an early age, even in preschool oh. when they would serve us little, you know, cubes of jello is like our snack. I just, I couldn't, I, the, the, Grow, the, the 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 wiggliness of it and the the weird like <laughs> flavor of it like i just it's i find it i find it uniquely upsetting i know that the from the british office uh you know gareth doesn't trust how it moves and that's why uh that's why they they put his stapler in a jello to, to torment him so put my put my laptop in a jello who that, that'll really get I'm me your, i'm gonna put your podcast mic in the jello 
<laughs> put put my new issue of the New Yorker in a Jello. I'm gonna be furious about that. Uh, but I um, my parents though my parents did the Adkins diet in the early 2000s, and I guess Jello was one of the acceptable things on it. And so for mm-hmm. a long time, they, my mom would make Jello in these little ramekins, the same ones that she used to make her creme brulees in to to bring it back uh-huh. around. But they would eat. Jello in those, but they could. I guess you could also pour a little bit of cream on top, and that was okay under mm-hmm. Adkins. So they would eat Jello out of these ramekins with with a little cream on top while we would watch Star Trek Enterprise, and I would just be sitting there like, "You guys are <laughs> fucking disgusting. This diet is a <laughs> so, joke. So specific. I, I <laughs> wow." I, Wow. This is this is this is a window into my uh depressing adolescence and that's why I had to go to Applebee's and eat bread pudding with my friends to break out of that uh, stifling uh, stifling okay. environment. What what would you rather eat right now? If you had to eat a full dish of something, would you rather eat bread pudding or jello? Oh, bread pudding 10 trillion percent. Okay. Like bread pudding All is right. mediocre. Jello is actively bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's yeah. Okay. That's not. It's not even a contest. Landon, when I when I come out to visit you, I'm, I'm we're gonna get some bread pudding together, and we'll have an okay time. <laughs> There's no meat products uh, in it, the best as I can best as I can assume. Well, dairy, uh, I guess. But well, I'm yeah, not but vegan, that's but so. yeah. So yeah, so so we're we're good. Like you know, it's not mm-hmm. uh, it's not sweet bread pudding. That that does have meat in it. Um, although bread oh pudding God. is sweet. So yeah, I know it's, this is it's wild, right? When you think about it, yeah, I know. Um, um, all right, back to the episode. Of confusing having yeah. your ovaries removed. Yes. Okay, not gonna touch that one. Um, the okay, this is the only time we see Heidi and Al uh, in this scene. Um, yes. Listen, usually Al is the man of the hour, man of the episode, yes. man of the season, yes. man of the series. Yes, he still is man for all seasons. Uh, he's playing a good part here, in that mm-hmm. like it's. I shouldn't say it's rare, but every once in a while we do see the obnoxious side of Al. And yeah. he can be a little aloof. Ooh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Thank you. I, Thank you. Um to to your Yeah, go on, go on. Well, I was gonna say, so like I think he's even though you know he's kind of taking one for the team, he's sacrificing the goodness of Al for, you know, <laughs> the goodness of this. Uh, story the perspective of jill i i i i agree with you this this like al is being boorish but he's being boorish in a very true to his character way yeah. of yep. i think I, I think that this is being helpful and i'm gonna go all in and i'm gonna talk a lot about my mom and i think that uh you know you, you were talking uh, you know earlier about about how this is this is one version of how the recovery can be tough is people going too all in and and kind of barraging you about it. The other version is people not wanting to talk about it, people being restrained and too pulled back and not wanting to engage at all. And yeah, you know, this I you know, hearing you mention that, I was thinking like, oh, that would have been an interesting angle to explore as well, but A, they had limited time and B, yeah. of all the ways that Al would screw this up, this is the sort of way he would screw it yes. up, thinking he's helping by telling a million stories about his mom's hysterectomy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you know, Heidi is there, you know, unfortunately just as kind of the physical fodder as she usually is <sighs> on the show. Yep. But um yep. <clears throat> I think it Patricia Richardson is giving like B Arthur levels of dry performance here when Al is, yes. is going on and on and on. I mean, she just has like a Dorothy stare 
<laughs> and, you know, and he hands her all of these balloons and she's just listening to him like go on and on and she just drops the balloons to the floor this like paperweight <laughs> crashes on the floor uh i don't she has really great comic timing here without losing the the thread of you know the the weight of what's going on uh, yes, Jill is B. Arthur, and Al is absolutely Betty White in this scene. This is his stories about his mom yes. is his own personal Saint Olaf. Yes, but I, I like it. You know, she's got this like struggling to. Uh, let's just transition to the next part of the scene too, because Wilson comes in. Yeah. I mean, it, it does like a little time transition, time jump. Wilson comes in as well, yeah. bringing a, a big teddy bear, and I don't. This is just. Sometimes, a lot of the times we're getting the internal monologue of Jill, but a lot of it's just mm-hmm. played on her face. And yeah. man, she's just, she is good at conveying what's going on on the inside. Yeah, yeah. We'll see, yeah he comes in with the bear and he's like, I'm here and I can stay all day. And, and uh, yeah, she's, th- this is just off of Jill's reactions I am looking at these characters, Al and Heidi and Wilson, who I love and I'm usually happy to see, and I'm just sitting here like, you pieces of shit, just get out of here. Leave her alone. Um, yeah, it's, 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 very, it's very strong writing and it's a very strong performance. Side note, the bear, yeah. uh, Wilson brings in a giant bear. That's what's covering his face. This bear mm-hmm. looks eerily familiar. Every bear looks eerie to you, Landon. <laughs> I'm wondering if it was in a previous episode. Or mm. maybe it was like a transition at some point. There's just something it about it that looks it looks familiar. And I cannot I, I can't pinpoint it. I, I I don't know. Maybe you saw maybe this prop was used in another ABC sitcom at the time that you were watching. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe, but I don't know. It's, it's given me like I don't know, like did it have a cam, like a spy cam in it or something? I I mean it's, anyway, I I can't pinpoint it, and this isn't it's a visual thing, so it's not good for the podcast. But I just well, and an audio thing is that when he comes in with the bear, Jill thinks, well, at least the bear doesn't talk, and then and then Wilson squeezes <laughs> the bear and it says like I love you or something like that. And yeah. a it says it says it in a very like robotic machine voice, and I love the thought of the toy maker who's like, "Yeah, this is good enough. This teddy bear that sounds like the Terminator <laughs> is gonna thrill and delight people." Um, it's a patented Truman Caps character. Just the, it's good enough. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, exactly. It you know more and more professionals who are just willing to do the bare minimum. Um, bare minimum, and, and then ah. Uh, Ah, there you go. Or bear you go. And also then Wilson seeing this bear, listening to and thinking, ah, yes, a talking bear. That's uh, that's what this adult woman wants. Not, you know, flowers. No, a gigantic <laughs> stuffed talking teddy bear that she will then have to store in her house. Great. Perfect gift. This is good oh, enough. Yeah. We get Jill. We get a, we get a weird transition of like fake Jill hands pulling up a blanket over her head, and it mm-hmm. takes us uh, to the next scene where they're coming in. Um, Brad and Mark are opening the door for Jill, who's uh, kind of stumbling in, and Tim's behind her carrying everything. Um, mm-hmm. And surprise, somebody's here. 
Yep, that's right. Bob Vila back again. No, what? no, JK, JK, folks. It's Jill's mom, who Tim has invited as a surprise, and Jill is thrilled to see her. And uh, they come in, and Jill is is you know uh, you know commiserating with her mom a little bit, and then says, "Well, I need to get back to work on my thesis." And Tim tells Jill, "Ah, uh-uh, don't worry about that. I talked to your thesis advisor and told them you had a hysterectomy and got you an extra week." And Jill Mm -hmm. is furious that Tim has revealed this information to her thesis advisor and starts hollering at them about how she doesn't need... Hollering is the wrong word. She starts yelling at them about how she, you know, doesn't doesn't need all of this doting and she doesn't want all this information out there that that she had a hysterectomy. She's just angry. She is just angry about the steps that they've taken and she goes storming off upstairs. It's messy. Yeah. Uh... It is messy. Um, I don't Lionel even know where to unpack. Okay, here, here, here's my intro to this scene. Um, yeah, predictions from last week. Uh, yeah, I can, I can finalize them now. One yes. is, yeah, I was close on the recuperating part, but uh, one, far less shenanigans in this yeah. than uh, no. than I thought there would be. Nary a shenanigan to be found. B, it seemed like it. it it's obvious now, but as she's going into the room and, you know, in the last episode and says, I wish my mom was here, like, I mean, should have predicted that her mom would be here for this episode. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one, uh, we whiffed on that one completely. What a whiff. Um, something that... Get a whiff that... of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, get, get a whiff of the sign that is on the front door when they walk in. How about that? Because they open the door and we see that there is a big welcome home mom sign that has been hung up on the door. And now, is this hand-painted or hand-drawn on paper by the boys? No, it appears to have been professionally printed at a print shop in black and white. No, it's in like black and white with the sort of angular lettering that only a computer can produce. A computer, yeah, I'm not going to argue that part. I 100% think this was done just on their home computer. But uh, do they have a printer big enough to to print out something I, of that I'm size? To, I'm trying to look. I mean, they probably, it's one of those suspension of disbelief things where you just. <laughs> I refuse. I, is, if this is, I mean, if this is professionally printed, I got questions for that printer. Let me just put it that way. Uh, I, well, you know, there's a lot of weird business owned. I mean, the, the the owner of the print shop is probably the same guy who works at that airport in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and the same guy who works the luxury booth. You know, yeah. he's the 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 identical quintuplet of him. Well, uh, it looks. It would be pretty cheap if it was professionally printed. I mean, it kind of just looks like it was printed on dot matrix paper, like it's just extra long. Um, I bet Mark did it. I bet I, I would say he did it. Okay, it feels like a Mark move. I'm not even criticizing. It just it it is something about that banner being just black and white. Welcome home, mom. I mean, it's basically the robot voice <laughs> of the teddy bear all over <laughs> the again. Teddy bear did it. <laughs> no, Mark did it, and he was like, "This is good enough." <laughs> all over. Everybody giving giving a, a cool seventy percent. Um, oh man. I, I, I don't know. It, it put me in mind of all the all the great Arrested Development banners that are uh, just some version of family <laughs> love, Michael. Um, I'd like... Uh, okay, so let's just get rid of the boys because they're in here for a quick second. They, yeah, you know, be gone. Say, hi, Mom, if you need anything, let us know. Uh, Jill's <laughs> like, oh, it was so sweet of you to, to call and say all those things. And, uh, you know, as we said, Tim left them a voicemail to call and do it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, and Brad and, was just like, yeah, well, it just felt like something, uh, a voice in the back of my head said, call your mom. <laughs> I was really ready for Jill to then, like, walk over to check the answering mach- machine yes. messages and Tim to, like, dive Likewise. for the machine to brush it away. Didn't happen. <laughs> That's fine. A lot of other good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I like, uh, joke-wise, before we get to the, the heavier things, uh, I like a Tim, which feels like a Tim move. Um, he pulls out the the spit dishes, and she's like, "Would you take the spit dishes from the hospital?" Uh, he's like, "Yeah, they expect you to take some things." And then he yeah. just starts like a, a Mary Poppins bag. It just starts pulling things out. Uh, where he's got a jar of cotton balls. <laughs> he pulls out an IV of you know glucose a f- at one point, a, a, a full IV, and he is so thrilled. He like that's the last thing he pulls out, and he's just overjoyed to have this um also a bunch of toilet paper and i'm like that's 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 good thinking tim like the jar of cotton balls is kind of doofy but but always steal toilet paper disagree if you've gone to the bathroom in a hospital i mean that's like half ply toilet paper they use i am very fortunate i'm gonna knock on wood i have not been to a hospital in a very very long time so i don't know what quality toilet paper i mean given that they're probably charging you seven thousand dollars a roll for it i would assume that it would be good but then again i'm maybe giving the u.s medical system too much credit yeah it's it's like half of what a hotel toilet paper is Okay, okay, so, all right. Well, maybe maybe Tim is using it so he can go TP someone's house. Oh, okay, there you go. That'd be perfect yeah, for that, because it's yeah. so thin, it would fly well through the air. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's going in his prank closet, which you know he has. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, so... What, where do you want to go from here on this scene? Because there's, there's still a lot to unpack. So, I mean, so... Uh, you know, Jill is very appreciative of Tim for having invited her mom. And it's, oh, you know, yeah. you're so sweet. You're the sweetest husband. You're the greatest in the world. And then Tim is expecting the same kind of warm reaction when he tells her that he has notified her thesis advisor and gotten her the extension and she's mad. Mm-hmm. I am going to say that I... I f- I feel like it's a little bit of a uh, I don't know. I I'm not I'm not going to criticize Tim for for reaching out to her thesis advisor because he was only trying to help and that was a really sweet thing to do. At the same time, you know, Jill knows full well that she could have reached out to her thesis advisor yeah. and requested an extension and volunteered that information. She chose not to for a reason. I think it's a dumb reason. I think it's bad for her health that she's trying to finish it on a tight deadline, but ultimately <laughs> That's her decision, and as her partner, the right thing to do for Tim would have been to just let her make the bad decision and support her through it. But, you know, again, I'm not mad at him for it or anything. Like, that's a reasonable—he did the wrong thing for the right reason. Yeah, I mean, that becomes part of, you know, the the contention later in this episode is, you know, her mom calls Jill on her bullshit saying, you know, okay, well, once you're done with your thesis, then what are you going to hide behind? Yeah. Kind of, you know, they didn't, if they had spent the last episode, you know, giving us any insight into what Jill was thinking, we would see a little bit better that she's using the thesis as a way to distract herself from the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just kind of paved over at the last second, um, which I think would give this this particular small plot point, you know, a little more clarity and weight. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's It's a little... I, I don't know where I fall on it. Uh, you know, every situation is going to be different. I will say, at the very least, he didn't have to tell her 
<laughs> her professor, she had a hysterectomy. You know, he doesn't have to give the details. He can be yeah. like, oh, she, you know, something came up, uh, something medical even, you know, if he has to go that far. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, I agree with her that it, it is an overshare and, you know, he shouldn't have done that. But also, like, he should have, you know, whether she made the decision or not, bring it back up. I mean, okay, <laughs> This is I can hear myself now. I hear all the critics of our show going, oh, the many critics it's a sitcom. <laughs> yeah. Like in reality, which is not a sitcom, uh, you know, maybe bring the subject back up with Jill before you yeah. make the call on her behalf and say, hey, yeah. if you'd like me to, I will. You know, you should really think about taking this time off. I don't mind making the call for you. I'll tell him exactly, you know, having something like that. Uh versus just going ahead and doing it i i think i would also i know i i'm also kind of fiercely independent that way and would i i would get i think i'd have the same reaction as jill here whether he was specific about my medical you know situation or not i wouldn't want him doing that so i i don't i don't fault either of them really yeah, I mean, and and I think the main the main point of the scene is just Jill is lashing out because she's dealing with trauma and 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 you know the the shock well, of waking up to to find herself find her body in a different state than she expected it to be, and when she so went under. Let's yeah, let let's uh, start to unpack that because it's yeah. kind of what we oscillate back and forth between for the rest of the episode, which is. She blows up. I think rightly so. You know, yeah. even if it's not in the right, you know, I think it's true to her character and what she would do in the moment of of like going, you don't, you had no right to do that, uh, and and storming off. This the scene ends with Tim turning to you know Jill's mom and going, "Well, it looks like the mood swings have started." Yeah, and that I, okay, that's kind of what I think we need to to start to break open here because the rest mm-hmm. of the episode is kind of. Like Jill going into menopausal symptoms uh, of, you know, hot flashes and mood swings. And uh, it doesn't it's the one weak spot of the episode where I feel like it's. She is dealing with something traumatic, but they're kind of playing it as like menopausal, you know, uh, I don't want to call them symptoms, but whatever, you know, the the effects are and. uh I'm not sure if they're they're making jokes out of that or or what because it is like her processing trauma and is it psychosomatic all these things that are happening to her because like it I, how how much time do you think has elapsed from her leaving the hospital to now? I mean, I think like she got out of sur- I think she was in the hospital for a day or two after the surgery. I think and now okay. she's back and so it's been a couple days. Um, a couple I days. Could, I could make a lot of uh, assumptions uh, that have zero basis in in fact or actual medical knowledge about how long it takes menopause to set in, but I am wildly well, unqualified to say any that's, of that. Well, I was going to say that that's one of the things that this whole episode and, and theme and topic brought questions to my mind for of like, you know, I don't even know. This is the the ignorance of, you know, failed education growing up. Like, I don't even know what the the transition period you know under other circum you know more typical circumstances are for that switch over uh let alone someone who goes through this and again i'm sure it's not the same for everyone but 
you know, there's part of me that's like doubting it's two days. Maybe it is. I don't know. I, I have questions about that. But I think that the episode being clear about it being actual um, menopausal things or if it is psychosomatic and her thinking of it as a result of her not being able to process her trauma uh, or, you know, process the I, I, process the situation i guess i shouldn't call it trauma i don't know if it is but it's it's I a mean, huge impactful thing for her yeah I, I yeah you know we can call it trauma we can call it we can call it something else i mean it, it helps that this is a fictional character so it's not like we're really you know yeah, slandering I know, anyone uh yeah I, I, mean, I don't i just don't want to extrapolate to the idea that the procedure is inherently traumatic I, that i don't know but just what she's going through here yeah sure sure yeah I mean, yeah, I guess I never even really considered whether it was a psychosomatic thing or whether it's the actual symptoms of early menopause setting in. I mean, I and to me, it's almost like, uh, to me, it almost like doesn't doesn't really matter one way or the other because it's Jill adjusting to, this is Jill's perception of what her reality is going to be going forward. And whether that's, it's actual medical yeah. symptoms making this happen or whether it's, this is stuff that she is, you know, it is coming about as she tries to get her head around what's happening. And it's kind of like in her head happening to her, mm -hmm. um, mm. you know, the, her, her reactions to it are, are still authentic. Like the, the reaction, yeah. whether it's actual menopause or whether it's uh, psychosomatic, uh, early menopause, it's, uh, like the, the fact that, that it is causing her so much trouble and that it's causing her to to lash out like this and to be upset and have these this yeah. crisis of uh of identity is um, well, th that's why the episode works uh yeah. you know because it is all filtered first and foremost through her experience i just think i don't know i feel like it's a little more glib if it is like actual menopausal symptoms uh or effects rather than it being like her not being able to to process it or, or you know allowing herself to, to take the time to process it because then it it's i don't know a little i don't know i, I maybe it is splitting hairs but I, I think the last you know if it is it's it's a little more glib than it maybe should be but hmm. yeah it's yeah. still it still works you know that we're able to to really access it from jill's perspective okay i'm gonna I, i'm gonna i'm done with that horse at this point I prefer to look at it as at least like the anger is not a mood swings thing, even though that's what Tim attributes it to. I prefer to look yeah. at it as just she's angry because this is not what she planned. This is not what she wanted. This is not how she saw her life going. And I prefer to view it as just her being angry about things because yeah. it's that's an authentic and messy and real emotion and response to things. And that's what I think makes the episode so strong is that, no, there's not like a. This is not a just oh your ovaries are gone therefore now you just get angry for no reason. It's like no this is this is not tied to the menopause. This is just tied to what has right. happened and and well, the bumpy recovery. I think that's why I you know it would undercut it a little bit if it if they were actual symptoms is like um it it takes away from that. You know if they it, there's there's a certain sect of the audience who can just chalk it up to well you know that's what happens when you go through the change mm -hmm, uh, you mm -hmm. know women are going to be having mood swings where it it kind of <laughs> you know relieves certain audience members to actually have to process her experience with her yeah yeah anyway I'm done with that yeah um, okay 
What else uh, goes on in this scene? Uh, not much. We go upstairs. Uh, yes. Oh, it's the bread pudding scene. It's the bread pudding scene, everybody. Ding, 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 ding. Places, everyone. <laughs> Battle stations. <laughs> uh, Condition bread. Uh, code bread, I should say. Uh so, yeah, Jill is upstairs in bed. Her mom brings her some uh, bread pudding, and she's very appreciative of this and very excited to eat it. And then Tim comes in. Okay, folks, we know that I pronounce the name of a certain dairy product in kind I of a wasn't funny way. I call it out. I know, but people listening are going to make a thing about it. But you know what? I'm more of a sellout if I change the way that I live my life. So just get ready for it. Tim brings her a glass of milk, but it's whole milk. And Jill is upset about the fat content in this milk. Milk, milk, milk. Look at Truman, who says things in a funny way. Ooh, I think I have too strong of a connection to, to this thing <laughs> as right. well. I've been ribbed for it quite okay. a lot in my life. But I refuse to <laughs> change, right, right. so I deserve so this. She's, she's drinking milk. She's in bed. She's Thank you. propped up. Uh, what's she propped up with? Uh, she's, pr- <laughs> she's propped up on a bunch of pillows, Landon. Nice big old pillows. <laughs> And I think, you know, and I think, I think she's got a blanket made of silk. Is that what you want? Is that what you're all? Is that what we'd, we'd find so so fun? Tom Selleck. Um, yeah, t- yeah, Tom Selleck. He's very cozy. Uh, <laughs> that's I, I'd, I'd get a hot flash too if Tom Selleck was in bed with me. I'd have to open a window. Right. Um, but uh, she's mad at Tim. Uh, she said first mad at Tim for the uh, whole milk that he's that he's gotten her because there's too much fat in it. Tim points out that there's a lot of fat in the bread pudding. Maybe not a great point to make, Tim. And she uh, then gets mad at him for letting her mom make the bread pudding. And then a hot flash comes on and she flings open the windows uh, to let the cold winter air in. Um, and so she's just, you know, she's, she's pretty uh, angry in this scene. And I want to yeah. just first off say props to Tim for like, it would be so easy to have Tim be making a bunch of snarky comebacks to her. And Tim is just sort of like taking this on the chin and just trying to be supportive and biting his tongue. And I like, God bless man. Good, good, good going. Good husbanding. That's, I respect that a lot. That's not the Tim that we saw last week. (laughs) Well, I don't know that he he was supportive last week. It was just, you know, uh, as long as, as long as she didn't talk about anything in his presence, (laughs) Yeah, sure. I guess I don't know. Um, um, I, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve some of my thoughts for another another scene. I don't want to launch into another another long winded uh, whirlwind like I just did. So oh, okay. Do you do you want to do you, do you want to give another like twenty or thirty minutes to bread pudding analysis? I mean, how, what do you yeah, think of the, okay. the prop work there? Yeah, I I didn't know how soupy it was because she brings it in like mm. a cereal bowl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when Tim brings in the milk, it really I think it solidified the idea of it being cereal esque, uh, mm. which is not the case. Also, he brings her a shitload of milk. That, that's, that's, who drinks that? It's like sixteen ounces of milk. It is a very tall glass. It is it is an <laughs> awful lot. Um, I don't know. Maybe, is, maybe would sp- milk be good with with bread pudding? Well, now as a lactose intolerant person, I can't oh, really say, but I'm gonna I'm no, sorry. but I think no, I no, but I think I think yes, I think it would be because it is so sweet and kind of sticky and almost viscous that much like mm. a, a gooey chocolate chip cookie, you would want a nice tall glass of milk to go with it. To <laughs> get, get, uh, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you like bread pudding by the end of this episode. I'm not saying I'm not gonna like it. I actually think I will like it. I just have not been exposed to it. 
I'm, I'm Googling right now Madison, Wisconsin bread pudding restaurant, oh, just figuring out where we're, we're going to go. Gonna fi- I'm going to film you eating it. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. we let's go to the next scene. Uh, cause yeah, let's. I, I, don't know, I have more to say, but I, I'm going to I'm putting it in the reserves. Uh, we got a transition. The windows are open, um, and it freezes the entire room, including Tim, and it all shatters and goes to the next scene in the kitchen. Where Jill's yep. mom is putting some uh, dishes away, and Tim just wastefully pours the entire glass of milk down the sink. Truman, what happens here? Uh, uh, what what happens is that the cow who gave up that that milk uh, cries uh, a single tear, uh, knowing that it went to waste. Uh, so she, you know, uh, Tim talks to uh, Jill's mom some, and Jill's mom tells him that he's been much more patient than the colonel ever was when she went through menopause. And then uh, Tim goes out to buy some more milk, and uh, Jill comes downstairs and finds out that Tim went out to get uh, the whatever low-fat milk that Jill wanted, and Jill complains that, oh, well, I actually need some kind of special type of, of milk that the, the hospital recommended and is mad that Tim has fucked this up too. And her mom kind of just starts giving her the realness about how I, I get that you're going through tough stuff, but you can't just respond to it by lashing out at people. And Jill starts, you know, ho- why do I keep saying hollering? Ho- I'm, I'm just used to, the, uh-huh, I'm just used to the, uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. She, but Jill is not, a hollerback girl and and I don't know why I keep attributing <laughs> that to her um she's she's you know shouting about just you know it's she's expressing herself I, I don't even think she's yelling or shouting she's yeah she's just I grew up in a household where everyone spoke very gently to one another all the time so my rubric for what yelling is is pretty out of whack uh <laughs> Truman but, are you kidding me yeah Landon stop it what if I get you some jello with cream on top will that calm you down that always worked at my house <laughs> And then later I'll sneak out for bread pudding. Um, but, uh, you know, so, you know, Jill is expressing all of this angst that she has over what's gone on. And her mom just sits down and they talk about what the experience of her mom going through menopause was like Ooh, and man. what's bad about it, but also what's good about it and how it's a change, but it's not necessarily a change for the worse. This is a and it's long a beautiful scene. It is. It is. There, and it's a there's good so scene. many moving parts to it. It's a great mm-hmm. scene. It's it's on par with I don't there it's like I'd be very curious to hear about hear from Patricia Richardson or Polly Holiday about their working relationship because it seems oh, like yeah. throughout this whole series whenever Jill's mom is, you know, here it's it opens up a level of performance and i think it goes beyond just like they're able to you know talk a little deeper than our normal episodes but there's just something between the two of them where i i don't know i i I can't attribute it to one thing or another not being either of them but you could just see jill or patricia richardson lock in on something in in the like taps you know uh Mm -hmm. where you know, a, a a thread is hanging out there, and then one of the two of them decides to pull on it a little bit, and then it just all comes out, and yeah. it's like a torrential rain of great acting from both of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Particularly Patricia Rich is in here, but uh, you know, you're only as good as your scene partner. 
Exactly, exactly. The 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 chemistry that that she has that they the two of them have together reminds me of the chemistry between Patricia Richardson and Jonathan Taylor Thomas, where their relationship just feels very authentic and very real. Yeah, that could just be two really great seasoned actors being able to do this. I okay. Uh, I think I, as usual, have this episode playing in the background, and mm-hmm. I, I can pinpoint the moment. So. When, you know, Tim leaves, blah, 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 great, I'm going to go get some more milk. He he takes yeah. off, and Patricia Richardson comes down, Jill comes down uh, while her mom's in the, the living room, uh, kitchen, and Jill's mom, you know, says he's gone out to get you some milk, you know, he's trying really hard, and she's like, okay, you know, trying to, being, being a little dismissive, and she says, okay, well, I got to get back to my, my thesis, Jill is, you know, heading up the stairs when she says this, and that's when Jill's mom is like, then what are you going to hide behind when that's done, you know, because she's mm-hmm. saying that she's going a little hard on Tim. And yeah. uh, Patricia Richardson, Jill, just stops on the stairs back to the camera as yeah. her mom starts talking about, like, you know, when I went through this, or you know, relating something to, you know, her, her father, you know, an old experience, and there's a moment when Jill turns around uh, to face mm-hmm. the camera and just immediately emotional, uh, like the rage coming out of her and the frustration on her face as she's her breaking her, through her words as she's trying to convey, you know, her anger of the situation to her mom. Like it took half a second for me to see her face and immediately launch into tears. I was just yeah. bawling. Yeah. Yeah. And because what she's saying is so raw. I mean, this is where she's saying that she she feels empty and she inside like she's been gutted out literally and and that she hates her body and she hates herself and she hates how she looks in the mirror and you I think what's so affecting about it is is this the amount of pain that she like the amount of emotional pain that she's feeling and and the amount of contempt she almost has for herself which is why which is why I don't like to think of it as just so simple as oh these are mood swings it's like she's speaking right. to almost in in some way I feel like this is also I, I don't know. We talk a lot about how Jill is going to school and really doing the brunt of the housework and 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 handling yeah. all of these things and I feel like uh, the anger she's feeling here, I mean, and I, this is probably me reading more of my thoughts into it, but it's like, this is almost her expressing just the fact that she's been, she, she is so often kind of underappreciated or underrecognized, and now now look at this, and now she's lost this this part of herself, and, and does this mean that she's just going to become invisible now? And it's, yeah. it's all stuff that you, like, I never would have guessed that home improvement would have would be speaking to these kind of feelings at this level of complexity and it's right. um and doing it so well. Well, okay, at the at the risk of just sounding like a, you know, an eye rolly virtue signaler here, I guess. Uh oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> red alert, red alert. I, I don't know. No. <laughs> it's this is a, a a scene. I mean, the scene is so raw. And it's touching. Yeah, I, I can only speak as like a male viewer here, which is yeah. all I can do in this scene is watch and listen and try to empathize. Because in terms of relating, yes, there are very artificial 
you know, things that she's talking about that I can also feel, you know, at, now that I'm past 40, I'm in my 40s, I'm experiencing mm-hmm. the spread, you know, the the your <laughs> midlife spread, despite mm-hmm. how hard I, I work to, you know, work out and, and take care of myself. Like, it's almost yeah. like futile. And I, I mm-hmm. now I'm not trying to relate my experience to hers, but... No, no. Why I'm sitting here saying all I can do is sit here and listen because she's going through something that is a change from something else that I can't experience. You listed all of the things that we always, always list, you know, that she's she has to do on this show. But in addition to that, the societal stuff of being a woman and also having your period once a month, uh, you know, like the all of the stuff of being a woman. And then going through this other transformation that only women go through is like, I don't know. uh, I don't know how to land that thought exactly, but it's it's powerful uh, and it makes me wish that we were able to talk a little more openly about it, which is why I think I appreciate the depth of emotion that they go to in the scene that they, they allow this to happen. I would have, I think I would have been angry at the show had they had this as, you know, a topic and didn't allow this moment to happen. I'm not sure I would have known that going into it, but seeing the, the rawness and the realness that they do show, uh, makes me appreciate that they did rather than didn't because, um, I think it's necessary to a degree to to have a, a small glimpse into what's going on there or what could yeah. be going on in somebody going through those changes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think that, you know, part of, part of what you're speaking to and part of why it's so effective is, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to take away from women on this thing. This is, she is specifically giving voice to something that, that women deal with and women go through in a really heartfelt way. But there is a certain universality to it of just acknowledging that you're getting older, acknowledging that you are not, you know, that the society is always focused on what's young and what's new. And like this right. acknowledgement of like it's now kind of being thrust in your face that you're not that anymore, that now you are, you know, you, you are in, you're part of a different era. You're part of a different generation. Like, you know, you are seeing yourself becoming more like the old people who you were disregarding when you were young. And yeah. You know, and that's a tough thing to grapple with. And I know that I am, you know, I that's in my coming into my mid thirties. I'm already having issues with that, and I'm sure (laughs) it won't get better. Uh, So, well, that's the thing, though, is that that's the rest of the scene. Is that Jill's mom is like it's all perception, you know that? Yeah, that that's Jill's mom's kind of advice here is. Well, when I went through it, you know, I went, th- you know, I I took a look at myself in the mirror and I said, you know, I still have my health. I still have my beautiful girls. I still have my marriage. Yeah. I still have my yeah. looks. I still have my sex drive. And, yeah. you know, oh boy, she's like she. everything that I was feeling, you know, I, I had to actually take stock and, and see what I had. And I had a lot more than I was giving myself credit for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah, I, I think that I, I was just so glad that the resolution to this was not her talking to Wilson. It was her talking to her yes. mom and talking about yes. re- just like actual shared experiences from someone who has been through this. And 
you know, I, I, you know, her mom also talking about how difficult it was for her because back in back in her day, women didn't talk about these sorts of things. All we shared were recipes, yeah. and then Jill goes, "Well, I can't even do that because nobody wants mine," which was a <laughs> an unexpected great laugh. Yeah. yeah. Um, all of the credit that I gave last week's episode for even just touching on the notion of a woman having to have a hysterectomy and being about that and how for all of the faults of last week's episode, it was good that they were bringing that out into the into the light. This does that all that much better, that it is just that, that in prime time, these things are being put out there and, and showing that, that this is stuff that happens. We need to talk about it. It's OK to talk about it. It's OK to be upset and not just bounce mm-hmm. right back after after you go through this um i think is just so valuable for the time when it was done it's the it shows the power of the sitcom back in the day of yeah. you know how many people were watching this you know with their families uh, you know how many viewers it had compared to tv shows now where it's easier to t- take a risk on things because you have such a smaller niche audience this is like i watched i watched this as you know a, a 16 year old kid <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, being exposed to that and, and starting that conversation that early, not that it actually started a conversation, but, you know, uh, that's something. You yeah. know, I, I think that that shows how how important sitcoms can be or, or were, at least at the time. Yeah, I think sitcoms can still be important in their own in their own way. There's still some important yeah, ones no, out there. There's no communal aspect to it anymore. And I think that's the that's what I'm kind of getting to is like. 30 yeah. million people maybe watched this. So it was like 30 million captive viewers learning to some degree about hysterectomies. I, look, I, I, I agree with you that that uh, sitcoms don't have the same reach. However, Abbott Elementary is, you know, I think several million people watch that show when it's on. And that show has dedicated much of its most recent season to talking about why charter schools are trash and nobody should do one. And hmm. that... that you know, I th- some of that is still going on. It was more powerful back when there were, you know, when cable wasn't as big a thing and more people were watching network TV. You can, st- you know, mm-hmm. there are still some cases where a sitcom can um, put a really powerful uh, social message out there, though. Would you say a uh, more powerful? Oh message? my god! But like, but in a but bad grunts in a, in a sad way. Bad grunts. Um, uh, we transition. We go to a commercial. We come back. Um, we we should. Tim is uh, coming. I, I just want yeah. to quickly point out, Jill. Jill also asks her mom if she had the same sex drive after uh, after going to menopause, and her mom points out that actually she had a lot more sex drive to the point that uh, her father at one point was saluting her for a week. And this, like, my your father. One night, your father came home from three weeks on maneuver or three months on maneuvers, and we went upstairs, and I just and Jill cuts her off and says, "Okay, that's enough." And she goes, "He was saluting me for a week." Which is a a total blanche on Golden Girls joke, and B gets just hysterical, uproarious laughter and applause from the whole crowd, and Jill is like half laughing, half crying, like covering her mouth, almost as though Patricia Richardson didn't know that joke was going to be there. It almost feels yeah. like a genuine response, which yeah. is such a relief after everything we've just like. This is a heavy scene, and they're like, "Okay, everybody, here's a joke about a boner. Enjoy." And it was, it was, <laughs> and it was great. I was like, "Thank you for the for the boner joke, a lady boner." Yeah. Um. The. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That was. Uh, uh, I know it also just showed the range of, uh, uh, you know, emotions in their relationship, you know, yes. you can go from talking about such heavy stuff to joking with each other and, yeah. and sharing that sort of stuff. But yeah, yeah. Um, 
Okay, we get some uh, toy soldiers saluting us to the commercial. Ooh, boy. <laughs> uh, we come back. To, it's the middle of the night. Tim is uh, bringing back a bunch of milk. And, um, yeah, wrap us up. Uh, Jill, Jill is asleep on the couch and wakes up when Tim comes in with all of his uh, different types of, of cow-based dairy product. And uh, when well, some of it isn't even cow-based because it's uh, soy milk. Uh, but... Jill apologizes to Tim for her behavior, and they talk about it. And they, they Jill compares it to Tim's vasectomy, basically, and, and talks about how Tim was okay with a vasectomy once he knew that it wouldn't make him any less of a man or it wouldn't uh, make her look at him any differently. And she says, uh, she asks if he's going to want to spend the rest of his days with, quote, a hollowed-out old pumpkin. And Tim just goes, sure! And and he, and he says, I didn't marry you for your uterus or your ovaries. I married you for what's inside. And Jill bursts out laughing and kisses him. And it's a, just an incredibly sweet moment. Um, yeah. Really liked him. Really liked him in this episode. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to split here, hairs here. But, you know, a lot of the back and forth here is when she's talking about the vasectomy he keeps saying well yeah because you made me do it well okay um, i don't i don't like that i that's i kinda, don't like that that's either, gross but. but i i do like his general demeanor here is listening to her talk and actually listening he's not being yes. dismissive when she asks him a, a serious question but he he doesn't quite understand the like implications really or or he does but it it's just like it's never occurred to me to not want to be with you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, this whole pro—I've never even thought about, you know, the fact that you've had a hysterectomy. It's that one doesn't equal two in this. You yeah, know? yeah. I, are these moments where Jill is really concerned with, you know, some deeper psychological implications of of what's going on and how it affects her relationship with Tim, and then she is reminded that no. Tim just blindly, unapologetically loves her completely and has never even considered these things that are tearing her apart. It's it's uh, just sort of a sweet reminder of what works about them and why they're so good together. That Tim is just um, Tim is just th- there for her completely, and I and I love that. Yeah, agreed. Um, then uh, we go. Oh, uh, we go to the stinger where <laughs> she says that she is gonna uh, take him up on the. Extension. Uh, he she decided I'm gonna I'm gonna take that week to recover. Um, and Tim is doing some some research on uh, <laughs> other animals and mammals that that go through the change quote uh, quotation marks. Uh, <laughs> very weird weird joke. He, he talks about um, what was it hippos and whales? What whales and elephants are are whales the other and elephants? Yeah, yeah, and and. You know, Jill says, oh, so now you're comparing me to big, gray, blubbery animals. And he says, well, they're very friendly and they're fun to ride. And in the right light, they're kind of attractive. And, and he's, he's holding this encyclopedia, looking at them. And he just goes, I'll be in my room. So. Masturbation joke. Yeah, it's a joke about Tim masturbating to pictures of whales is what ends this episode. <laughs> Eight episodes left after this, folks. He's beaten wow. off to whale pictures in an encyclopedia. <laughs> Dad, I guess the pages they, they know together? at this point. What are they going to do? Cancel them in the last eight episodes? <laughs> I, I really, I really hope the last eight episodes are are all very special episodes about Tim's growing uh, a whale magazine <laughs> addiction and them them oh, having interventions. Can, what are you going to uh, do, you and ABC? I hope for very different things. 
<laughs> Look, I you know I'd rather I'd rather hear about that than any more big block engines. Um, no, fair point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. But you know. Oh. Anything else uh, that we didn't touch on in this episode? I, I don't. I, did you I, like this episode? I liked it quite a bit. I liked it quite. I liked it quite a lot. I thought this is a really good episode. You know. I. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. The, the high marks. High marks. Fantastic. This is this is making good use of our last ten episodes. This is yes. good. This is well done. Yes, agreed, agreed. Uh, they don't. The rest don't have to be as heavy, but you know, doing. I don't know. Uh, I don't even know what I want. Just the the balance of it. The the you know, trusting the audience to go with it and and pushing the storylines a little bit. I think. Yeah, yeah, I hope we we get more of that. Yeah, I I, I hope that too. I hope that too. Okay. Okay. Uh. What do you say we go into a character actor corner? I say we should do that. Tell me Great. about the, that character actor who we had this week. <laughs> we had two. What? Um, what? Is, well, is we had the, Joel Higgins is the playing Dr. Lloyd Fields from last week. Oh, of um, course, yes. We had Polly Holiday back as uh, Jill's mom. But uh, we had the volunteer who had the most lines and mm-hmm. uh, the nurse who was helping. Uh, ah, yes. Let's start with the nurse. Um. Nurse has 15 credits, one of them being Home Improvement, mm-hmm. another being 24, Desperate oh. Housewives, Bones, Ooh. Weeds. Bones uh, and Weeds. Roswell. Mm. Was one of these ER? Man, I'm going to regret it, but I'm going to say no. None of them were ER. She was not on ER. She was on an episode of Martial Law. Oh, was with... In- was it, was it William Shatner on that? <laughs> uh, no, uh, I don't know. I don't know who you're thinking of. This or maybe I'm mixing up with Na- maybe I'm mixing <laughs> up with Nash Bridges. Maybe uh, martial law is Sammo Hung, um, one of Jackie Chan's contemporaries, and Arsenio oh. Hall. Oh, what a combination! <laughs> a Shanghai cop who is a master of martial arts fights crime in Los Angeles Police Department. That's the I'm doing the Arsenio hand motion. Is that what you're doing? Is that what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear about this? You hear about this Arsenio Hall guy? Okay, that was Kathy Byron playing nurse. How about the volunteer, the old lady? I don't want to identify as old lady. Yeah, she's just a lady in her age. Yeah. Okay, Jeanette Miller plays volunteer. She has a very Depending on your your exposure to um, movie trailers mm. from 2010, uh, <laughs> she may or may not be famous to you. Okay, okay, all right. Well, that this this well, let's just see what movie trailers was she in. <laughs> well, there's this little movie called Legion, which is a horror film ish, oh, starring Paul yeah. Bettany, yeah, uh, playing like an angel of sorts. Mm-hmm. A movie no one remembers. Uh, uh, they did a Flophouse episode about it probably 15 okay. years ago. Yeah, it sucked, but yeah. Well, the trailer centers around this really creepy moment where this woman in a, this old woman in a, a diner uh, turns into a demon and starts crawling around the ceiling. I remember that trailer, actually. You do. You do. Yes. You remember it. Yes, I remember it. So she's famous to me. Yeah. Yeah, she played the, uh, well, Gladys Foster, she has an actual character name in that, um, oh. but she plays that that character. Damn, good for her. Mm-hmm. But maybe more important to you, she was in Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Oh, okay. 
who was oh, she in that? Behave. Oh. Did did she behave? Did he? Did, did was she shagged? <laughs> I don't know. In that? I I don't remember. Uh, maybe maybe not. I I truly can't recall a scene with a teacher, but mm. uh, she played teacher. She played teacher. Oh, you know what? Oh, fuck, I remember her in this too. There's a scene at the end where Doctor Evil's penis shaped rocket ship is flying through the sky, and there's a series oh, yeah, of yeah, scenes yeah, 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 where yeah, people yeah. look out the window and go, "Look at that! It looks like a giant." And then it cuts to like someone talking to Woody Harrelson, Woody, and and yeah. oh, that looks like a giant dick. But there's one scene yep. in it's it's I think she's a teacher in a health class or something, and she's pointing to a penis uh. on the board and says, "Penis!" <laughs> wow. <laughs> Now, now, do I remember? Do I remember uh, anything that I learned in a math class or a science class? I read the book a separate piece in in like tenth grade English. Do I remember anything from that? No, but a whole bunch of of bits from Austin Powers too. I could do an oral retelling maybe of the entirety of Austin Powers too and see how much I can Ooh. remember. Just it was that was an A plus delivery. <laughs> Thank you. Of, of just yelling um, penis, the most famous line from Austin Powers 2. Penis! Oh, dear God. Uh, she was in Four Christmases playing Graham Graham. That's, wow. uh, that's Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. Oh, uh, yes. Not another teen movie. Um, looks like looks like she's still alive. Good for her. Yeah. It's because she's a demon. Uh, maybe. I don't, actually, I don't know about that. There's no, you don't know there's if she's no a demon? Death... Well, I don't know that. I also don't know if she's dead. Uh, there's no no death date, but her credits end in 2012. Mm. Um, she was on an episode of The Middle. Uh, she was in the Jason Bateman, Ryan Reynolds switch him up movie called The Change Up. Oh, boy. Saw that on a date. Ooh, Ooh boy. Ooh, boy. <laughs> uh, she has 80 credits. Scrubs. Dexter. Oh. My what? name is Earl. Malcolm mm. in the middle. Let's see where she goes back to. Her first credit in 1955 wow. in an uh, episode of Lux Video Theater. Um, I'm seeing if I recognize any of the movies. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, looks like she took some time off between 1956 and 1982 because uh, she starts appearing in things like uh, Night Court, Ooh. Quantum Leap. Okay. Uh, designing women. Oh man. Uh, step by step. Coach. Mad cheers? TV. I'm not seeing Cheers. Nope. Boo. No Cheers. Shame on her whole and career. Then. She was. She was old woman in Seinfeld. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, you know, typecast, but she played it well. Melrose Place. Friends. Wow. Just shoot me. She was on some big sitcoms. Yeah. I have my answer. Corky Romano. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I'm going to say she was on ER. Was she on ER? You're saying yes, yes, she was on an episode of ER. She was on two episodes of ER. Ep- season one, playing okay. Flora. Ooh. Uh, season one, episode 11. And All season right. 15, she Whoa. came back. Playing Flora? <laughs> In 2009, uh, season 15, episode 22, nope, different character named Beverly. Wow, wow. So so ER has had so many people on that they've they've exhausted their pool and have to start over again. <laughs> uh, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean, Three's Company used Jeffrey Tambor as different characters like six times. 
Well, well, yeah, but the man's a chameleon. He can do anything. <laughs> Is he, though? He's got one of the most recognizable character actor faces. And one of the most recognizable character actor voices, too, I guess. Yeah. Um, maybe not a chameleon. Maybe maybe I just like seeing him on screen, even in light of those allegations. <laughs> now, what does Jeffrey Tambor delivering the penis line sound like? Penis? No, that's not it. That's not it at all. I don't even know what that <laughs> voice is. <laughs> oh my god! Please don't edit that out. No, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm gonna. I, listen, you're gonna oh, work on. You're, you're working god. on your grunt, and for these last nine episodes, I'm going to work on my Jeffrey Tambor yelling penis. Uh, and uh, you know what? That'll be a great use of, of both of our limited amount of time on God's Earth. I can't finish the episode. All right, penis? that's our that's our character actor corner for this week, Truman. Oh my God! Sorry. Where yeah, I'm sorry too. Here? Where we go from here is where you try to guess how many grunts there were in this episode of Home Improvement. Oh. Uh? Yep. Ooh, my jaw that- felt like it almost dislodged. <laughs> <laughs> Penis? Yeah. No. No. Getting worse. That was me doing an impression of you grunting, like, but saying "penis" from Austin Powers too. But, um, I got an answer for this. Yeah. Yeah. What's your answer? And I'm I'm fairly confident in the answer. Oh, that's even better. And it's not zero. Oh. Ah. It's one. Ding 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 ding! Correct. Oh my god! I thought I lost you. When. Jill walks, well, when Tim walks back in with all of the milks and Jill uh, says that she wants to apologize, Tim grunts in confusion, and that's your one grunt, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well done, Landon. Way to observe a grunt. Thank you. Uh, I hope I would be good at it by now. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you got, if, if not, you've got like eight more chances to get good. <laughs> it could just be a fluke. We'll find out next week, I guess. I suppose. Jeremy, uh, what do we learn from this episode? Uh, we learned that, uh, you know, that that recovering from major surgery is messy, especially when that major surgery cuts right to the core of your perception of yourself and your worth and your uh, your your perception of gender. And, uh, you know, and we should just give everybody a little bit of space to deal with that. Uh, what did you learn? Uh, I learned that uh, people might experience soul changing things in their life that are beyond your personal subjective comprehension. And sometimes you just need to sit back, listen and support them in whatever way they want to be supported. So that's, is that that's gen- general enough? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I no, I think so. That's, that's the advice that you're giving to me when I experience you learning about bread pudding for the first time, right? I just needed to be more open and understanding of that and not incredulous that you'd never heard of it before. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Don't be the people who had the reaction when I told them I never had seen Dirty Dancing. Oh, I would never I would never be one of those. I, I am far more passionate about bread pudding than I am about Dirty Dancing, which only serves I'm to... Not illustrate how little i care about dirty dancing i know you love dirty dancing i love dirty dancing i i had put it off for years but when i finally sat down and watched it i'm like this movie's fucking good okay 
All right, man. I'll uh, listen. I'll, I'll I'll take that. When I come out to Wisconsin, we'll eat bread pudding and watch Dirty Dancing together. A little little something new for you. A little something new for me. <laughs> a real girls' weekend. Uh, why does it have to be girls? Well, I don't know. I mean, I just don't. I just typically don't think about the dudes getting together to to watch Dirty Dancing together. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And I'm ha- You know what? Let's broaden our horizons. I'm broadening my horizons on why Dirty would there Dancing. Be something wrong with that. There's nothing. Uh, I'm saying that there's not anything wrong with it. I'm saying I'm not dissing it. What? <laughs> All right. I'm not. I'm gonna take a hard turn to giving you a hard time at the last second. Of yes, episode. this is great. This is this is great. You know what? Just extend them as much as we can. Every extra minute I can spend editing is just is just beautiful stuff. I love it. I treasure. Oh this, my so. god. I mean, you're only editing if you have to cut something out. Otherwise, you're just listening. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we've done nothing in here that I'm going to be sitting and debating whether I want anyone to hear it ever again. So every the, the editing right. takes so long because I have to listen to this and be like, okay, if at the stroke of a, a single keystroke, you can make it so that this exists only between you and Landon, and Landon has probably already forgotten it. But no, folks, if you're listening to this, I, not- I, I, I didn't do that. You'd be shocked at my memory because I remember something you edited out from like a season two episode <laughs> and it's never left my head. That's that's good. It left mine as soon as it left the uh, the audacity file. Like when I when I delete it from from the podcast, I'm also deleting it from my brain. OK, <clears throat> well, listen, everyone, uh, we only have seven episodes. Le- Is it seven or eight? Eight episodes I think it, left. I, I think after it's this. eight left. Yeah. Oof. Eight, eight more episodes until we're done with home improvement proper. There's gonna be there's gonna be a little bit of an afterlife before we oh, yeah. we go into the next thing. But um, yeah. if you our- want to make these last eight episodes special, be like our patrons who make grunt work possible. Yeah. And if you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show, consider becoming an official, the official. Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod, where for as little as only a dollar a month, you can get an access to uh, just just one access, an access. Just a, a single to, access. <laughs> to our entire archive of Gruntwork Nights episodes, 30-minute little snippets of nonsense uh, that we have over 200 <laughs> episodes of. I don't, you can, if you need more of this in your life, you got it. Um, yeah. Leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts because it's the fastest, easiest way to support us, and it goes a long way to help us find the show. And, yes, I know we still have two feeds on Spotify at the moment. I'm working with them, and it's just – it's a whole fucking thing. Double trouble. It's annoying. I'm sorry. But you can – if you like Spotify the most – it's not the feed that you originally subscribed to, but there's another feed out there that has us. You can find it just like (laughs) – Deal, deal with it while I deal with it. We're all dealing with it. Just calm down, everyone. Yeah, yeah, we're all in this thing together, man. Stop by to say hi to us on Instagram, at GruntWorkPod, or visit our website, and visit our website, and at or w- visit w- our website at... At www.podcastgruntwork. Fucking hell, man. You, you threw me off. I had it. I was all set up. www.gruntworkpodcast.com. <laughs> <First time> <laughs> yeah. The only time I've messed this up, this is not going to get edited out, even though this is objectively the sort of thing that should be removed from the podcast. Uh, www.gruntworkpodcast.com. There, you got it now. Now you heard it. 
All right. Um, you could, all kinds of cool new stuff there. Uh, yeah. Until next week when we bring you season eight, episode 18. 18? Uh, no, 19. no. This is 19. Yeah, no, episode 20. This is episode 19. Episode 20 of Home Improvement. Wait, that might not be right. I don't know. The next episode of Home Improvement. <laughs> there you go. That's the I... one. Season 6, episode 12 of Home Improvement. I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember, you're beautiful just the way you are.